Okay, if you have your Bibles, you can turn in them to Psalm 133. Um, If you don't have your Bible, the scripture that we're going to be looking at is in your bulletin on page 6. There's a place to take notes on page 7. This is one of the shorter psalms, which hopefully will produce a shorter sermon. So, Psalm 133. Friends, listen. This is God's word. A song of ascent of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is God's word. We are looking at the work of Christ through us. We're we're, we're talking about what does it mean to have Jesus actually work through us to make us a blessing to others. And we've seen how this causes us to love. That Christ's work through us causes us to love God and to love others. Well, today, today, the psalmist starts with the word behold. And it's like, in our family, we translate this word, check it out. Because behold doesn't really startle us anymore. It's kind of this sort of nothing word that we don't use. And so it's like, wait, check this out. Wait, wait, check it out. There's something that you need to know. There's something I got to tell you. I want you to either learn. I want to remind you of. Check it out. Unity is an amazing thing. Unity is an amazing thing. When brothers, brothers and sisters, dwell in unity, it is an incredible thing. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Unity, this is being together in harmony. Okay, it's loving and being loved. Right, that's what unity is. It's understanding and then being understood. It's accepting and then being accepted. Right, it's being on the same team. It's working together. It's, it's, it's fighting together. Right? It's agreement on the major things and then appreciation of the differences in the minor things. Okay? It's shared experiences of God. Right? It's encouraging each other's faith. Unity is rejoicing together. Right? It's mourning together. Um, it's like together we are a symphony and God is the conductor. Right? How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. I mean, this, this is what we want. Right? This is what we want in our marriages. Right? This kind of unity. This is what we want with our children. This is what we want in our relationships, our friendships, our dating relationships. This is what we want in the workplace. We want unity because it's a good and pleasant thing. And I want to tell you that these words, like this word good, It's used in some special ways in the Bible. Um, In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, we say this at communion, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so, biblical unity actually reminds you of God. 
Okay? When it's a good and pleasant thing to dwell in unity, then when you dwell in unity, you get an experience of what it's like to be in relationship with God. So we're talking about Christ through us, right? Think about this. When you pursue this kind of unity, when you dwell with this kind of unity, you are treating other people with the goodness of God. Psalm 34, but also Genesis 1, right? This other amazing place where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then as he's creating in Genesis 1, it says, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good, God saw that it was good, God saw that it was seven times. Not a coincidence that it's seven times. In chapter 1 of Genesis, it says that it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. This is life the way it's supposed to be. Right? The way that God made the world. It was good, it was beautiful, it was diverse, it was wonderful. And there was perfect harmony. Friends, when we dwell in unity, when we pursue biblical unity, we get a taste of life the way it was supposed to be. Are you with me? I mean that as you, as you pursue unity with others, as you pursue unity in your relationships, that you could share with other people and have them experience the goodness of God that you could act in a way that might give you a foretaste of what life would have been like if sin never entered in the picture. And it is good and pleasant to dwell together in unity. Man, I met someone this week. Never really talked to him before. I mean, so this is the first extended conversation I ever had with them. And, uh, and it was great. As we were talking, I was spending time getting to know them and just finding out their story, what they were into. And, um, and this person was really discouraged about his job. Just felt like it was kind of a nothing job. And I said, you know, it's interesting to me because he said he wanted to do something more con- con- community service oriented with his work. And I said, you know what? What you do for a living actually serves the community. Like, your job is providing service to the community. And in fact, what you do images God. Um, because you are doing something um, that enables people to go through hardship, and they would never be able to endure that without what you do. God does that too. And he was like, wow, I've never ever thought about my job that way. I've never, oh my goodness, like that's crazy. That actually makes me want to go to work. I'm like, yeah, this is an amazing reality that our work can image God. And then we began to talk about some other things and, and it was so great because he said, you know, man, this is good and this is n- nice and really good. Like I never get to talk to people about spiritual things. Like people think I'm kind of a kook or kind of wacky. And I never really get a chance to talk to people about this stuff. This is good and nice. It was like funny. It was like fumbling for words to try to figure out how to describe this. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, you know what? This is good and pleasant. Because <laughs> that's what Psalm 133 says. Because we were dwelling together in unity. I was understanding him. I was helping him. I was, I was showing him God in our relationship, in his workplace. And we were just talking and encouraging each other's faith. This is what unity is. 
And so this unity that verse 1 um, promotes as this amazingly good thing because it reflects God and it brings life. It, it, like it reverses the effects of the fall. Right? You want to know what heaven is going to be like? It's like this. This kind of unity. These kinds of relationships. And so then the psalmist goes on and says, look, it's, it's like these two illustrations. He gives us two illustrations. Oil and dew. And I don't know about you, but when I read these the first time, I'm like, I have no idea why this is a good thing. <laughs> Because to me, pouring oil on my head doesn't sound like a pleasant or a good thing at all. It seems like a mess. Um, and so, but we need to understand that from a biblical perspective, oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Oil is poured out, and God uses oil to be a picture of his Holy Spirit. So it's God's thick presence. Okay? Thicker than water, right? When you pour oil, it just you can imagine that it coats as it drips down. You know, water kind of runs off. Sometimes it might stick in your hair, but, but water kind of runs off and it's just sort of, but oil stays, right? It's the thick presence of God. And in this case, it's on Aaron, on, the, on his head, on his beard, on the collar of his robes. Um, Aaron was the high priest. And so the person who was closest to God is filled with God's presence, and that's a blessing. That's a really good thing if you're a member of that community. Because if your spiritual leader is feeling God's thick presence, and it's not just that he's feeling his presence, but it's in abundance. It's not just a little bit of oil, but it's so much oil that it runs down his head, into his beard, and then through his beard, right, it keeps going onto the collar of his robes. And so what we see here is there's an abundance of God's presence. Um, and what he's saying here is that unity causes us to experience God's presence. Okay? Oil back then also was their deodorant and their perfume. And so it was fragrant. It was this fragrant thing that if you had this oil, not only could you see it because your face was literally shining, but you could smell it. You know, in your bulletin down at the bottom, it says uh, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And so friends, when you pursue this unity, when you pursue this kind of unity of love and understanding, of caring and concern, right? when you take the time to sacrifice and commit to this unity, you experience God's thick presence. You experience it, and then it flows through you, and other people can feel it. They can smell it. There's something about you. Okay? And then verse 3. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. So Hermon was one of the tallest mountains in Israel. And uh, this is kind of interesting, because Hermon was in the north. Mount Hermon was in the north. Jerusalem was, and Mount Zion was in the south. So if Mount Zion was in L.A., Herman was probably up in San Francisco, okay? If California is the promised land. Not that it is, but, you know, um, just geographically to give you a spatial idea. And so, and Mount Herman was really, really tall, and so it experienced this dew on a daily, continual basis. It's kind of like the marine layer, right? It was so tall that the dew of Herman would just flow down, and what dew does is it brings things to life. Um, 
There were parts of the promised land that flowed with milk and honey, but there were lots of parts of the promised land that were arid, that were a desert. And so this kind of unity, it's like the life-giving, fruit-producing dew coming into the dry places of your life and bringing fruitfulness. If you're going through a dry time right now, what this psalm is saying is that there is water. The dew of Hermon will flow into your life as you are united to your brothers and your sisters in the church. That's, that's what he's aiming at. Because when this happens, when you come together, when you dwell in unity, God works through us. Sometimes we're the recipients, and sometimes we're the ones giving, right? But fruitfulness abounds. This kind of unity produces this kind of fruitfulness. And then just the last word that I want to dwell on as we close is in the first line. It's the word when. It's the word when. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And so what God is doing in this psalm is he's saying, look, here are blessings. This is the blessing of life forevermore. Okay? This means that you can begin to live now the way that life will be when it's perfected. You can begin to taste that. You can begin to experience eternal life now when you dwell in unity. Okay? God has put blessing after blessing after blessing into the space where his people come together and live in unity. And if you enter into that space, or when you enter those kinds of relationships, when you pursue this kind of unity, that's when you'll experience God's presence. That's when you'll experience the presence of God filling you as it covers you from head to foot. That's when you'll see fruitfulness begin to abound in the dry parts of your life. And so I just want to ask you as we close, are you experiencing this kind of unity? Do you have these kinds of relationships? Are you willing to pursue this kind of unity in your family in your relationships, in your marriage? Are you willing to be, to pursue unity? Are you willing to listen, to understand, to accept, and to love? Because when you do, God has commanded that he will bless you with life forevermore. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we want this. We want this kind of unity. And we confess that in so many of our relationships, we don't have it. And so we come to you as the great restorer. We come to you as the great redeemer. And we ask for your forgiveness. And we pray, will you please show us? Will you please show us, Father, what we can do to pursue unity. Put on our hearts the people 
that we need to pursue this with. Make it clear to us who we need to pursue this week, today. Make it clear for us what we can do. Maybe it's just to listen. Maybe it's just to ask, how are you doing? What's it like? How's our relationship doing? Father, we pray that you would bring us into a deeper sense of this kind of unity so that we can experience you and so that you can work through us so that we would be a blessing to others. Father, we need this so much. We need this as a church, and our city desperately needs this kind of unity and community. And so produce it in us by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.